You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. I'm Mike Lunsford, and this is Mike Explores, a podcast venture where I try to answer questions about the world around us. So, Jess. Yes. There's apparently news about some late 90s, early 2000s, like, icon of pop that's been going around lately I, I don't i don't know anything about it though like like i'm trying to be like vague about this but like fucking britney spears is in the news like big time right now and i have no idea what the hell's going on so this was like the perfect confluence for mashing things up what better way to learn about this than to do an episode of mike explorers with my wonderful co-host who made a picture of herself as a cat on a computer um for the <laughs> thumbnail <laughs> jess who i know you are like you are like living and breathing and like swimming in the britney spears pool of information right now correct right and i was about to say i'm a little bit upset that you just referenced her as like a 90s 2000s pop icon because she's just an icon still okay then let me t- <laughs> then let me backtrack my statement and i retract what i said before she's a thank fucking you. icon period and just say, <laughs> there you go. thank you yes yes i um have been aware of the situation at hand that has recently kind of blown up um it's kind of what everybody's talking about right now yeah so just just kind of a quick update on this because we're, we're going to be doing an interview uh, with uh, some podcasters who actually they you want to talk about the living and breathing it they have a whole podcast based around it but like kind of a quick recap so Britney Spears comes onto the scene in the late 90s and I say that right loosely because she didn't just show up one day and was like where did this person come from she had been working in the entertainment industry for years like as a kid she was on the Mickey Mouse Club if I remember correctly yes the yeah. Mickey Mouse yeah. Clubhouse yeah Mickey yeah well I don't know if that's what it's called. No, Mickey Mouse Club (laughs) Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is the cartoon. Why do I know this? Because my son is twelve years old and we watched it when he was little. Um, The Mickey Mouse Club was she was on that. Um, Christina Aguilera was on that. Justin Timberlake was on that. Um, It was just like this hotbed of young talent. And like Ryan Gosling on it too. I believe so. Yeah. Weird. And like (laughs) it's just this. What's going on with Britney right now, without knowing all of the details, it's just another troubling trend of young Hollywood stars, like child actors, just not having a very good time as adults. I mean, Lindsay Lohan is another example of having a lot of issues as they grow up. Yeah. Um, from what you know, because I mean, of course, we'll dive more into this later, but like from what you know, is was this just a matter of like the people in Britney's life not being interested in what was best for her, just trying to like manipulate her and basically take her money we've seen that a million times before too macaulay culkin right. is a perfect example of that yeah, is that what this is because i i know what you're saying when you say like a trend of like young stars who um you know aren't having a good time as adults you see amanda Bynes, like you said Lindsay lohan um aaron carter has just straight up lost his shit i he is insane um <laughs> and 
I don't know that this is really like a similar trend. Um, cause on the outside it looks like it, but it's not, it doesn't seem like she lost control out of nowhere. I know that there was drug abuse, but it wasn't like to the extent that you see other childhood stars go to. I think that it, it started out as her, her family caring about her and seeing her spiral and thinking that, uh, what, what's going on was best for her, but it's definitely turned into something a lot more sinister than that, I think. And like, I think money does have a big thing, a big part in this, but it's just the reason why it's different is because Lindsay Lohan, Aaron Carter, um, I don't know that much about Amanda Bynes. She's just, um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in her life, but, um, they at least still have their autonomy to do things. Britney Spears doesn't have that. So it's not like she's even making, she's not making any choices in her own life, good or bad. And so. And that's that, a reference that's to the, the conservatorship. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The conservatorship that her father um, set up. <laughs> so basically like her dad runs everything, like all of her finances, all of the major decisions in her life. It sounds like, is that pretty accurate? Not even just major decisions. Like, all of the decisions um it's it's honestly weird because um it's not the way that the conservatorship is working right now isn't what a conservatorship is for so a conservatorship is um just to break it down a little bit is someone whether that be a guardian a legal figure or um, like a third party is appointed by a judge to manage the financial affairs um, and or daily life of somebody else due to physical or mental limitations. But she's, she seems at least from the outside perspective, but also people who know her are saying that she seems fully capable of making decisions. A conservatorship isn't just like, oh, well, this person had a mental breakdown one time, so now I'm this person's um, conservator for life. That's not the way that it's supposed to work. And it's only supposed to be in like very, very severe cases where somebody is not capable of making decisions for themselves. And that's not what this is. <laughs> No, it doesn't seem like that either. And like the way it's described is uh, it's a guardian or a protector is appointed by a judge to manage the financial affairs and or daily life of another due to physical or mental limitations or old age. What physical or mental limitations did Britney Spears have that would require something like this? I mean, she had her quote unquote breakdown, but like even that just looked like she was having a rough time, you know, like that, didn't that look was like a mental crazy. incapacity, you know? Well, I mean, you also have to. I, one, whenever people are like, oh my gosh, I would love to be famous. I would hate to be famous. I would love to be rich. Don't want to be famous. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the scrutiny I, that comes with being famous is insane. Like every right. single thing you do is judged. Well, it, an interviewer literally told her to kill herself at one point. And like, why... Why would you say that to somebody? Some another interviewer brought up like the horrible, horrible things people were saying about her, like online after the Justin breakup. And like that's all public, but not only that, the paparazzi was legitimately harassing her. And to like and I recognize, I know that paparazzi and celebrities go hand in hand. Um 
celebrities call the paparazzi and are like, oh, well, there's going to be this um, like photo opportunity at this place. Like that happens all the time. That's they have to get uh, press from somewhere. But from what it looked like, it got to a point where it was legitimate harassment and she was she just wanted to be left alone. And then she did start hanging out with um, Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. And like, in my opinion, that was at the stage in her life where things kind of like the pressure of everything plus the drug use started. And I'm not blaming them by any means, but that's just like what it looked like is that was like the start of the spiral. But like, Imagine being harassed daily by paparazzi and the one of the paparazzi guys, one of the most um, like the guy who followed her the most or whatever was on the documentary. And he was like, well, she never showed us signs that she wanted us to stop. So and it's like, are you an absolute lunatic? <laughs> like it was That's and nonsense. he was the same guy who she smashed out his car window with an umbrella but his response to that was well i made a lot of money off of that shot so i'm glad it's happened and i'm like you're a psychopath <laughs> and like her dad apparently had nothing to do with her career up until that point like the beginning stages her mom was always there and he had nothing to say about it and one of Britney's best friends talked about it and was like the only thing that Jamie Spears has ever said to me was that his daughter was going to make him a lot of money and that was the only sentence that he ever said to her what what the fuck right side note is it weird to anybody else that like her dad has the same name as her sister well that's that is weird but (laughs) Her sister is named after her like first name is her dad's and then her second name is her mom's. That's so fucking weird. Her second name I meant middle name. <laughs> yeah. That is weird. I don't like that either. But <laughs> fucking uh, just but the, the biggest problem that I have with this and you mentioned it too. Well, well, she never said that she wanted me to stop from this paparazzi. Like they make their money off of off of the sadness of others. Like, because it's not like, it's not like they make money. I mean, they make money obviously off of like, Hey, look at them on the red carpet and things, but no, the, the most, they make the most money when somebody's life is spiraling into the toilet and they get pictures of it and they, it's just like, not to get all political about this, but like, it's just another thing where it's just like, wow, Hey, look at what capitalism has done to us. You know, (laughs) like we, we are people that are literally like, well, I have to survive by milking the sadness and depression of others and showing their mental breaks break, breakdowns like you know in the public in the eye like putting it on television it's just uh, it's, right. it's fucking it's it's horrible and like i wonder because and i mentioned it before do we really know like how much of this is because they were a child star but like i also wonder because they become so famous so fast and start making large amounts of money with a lot of these child actors, is it that they just never learned the proper coping mechanisms? Is it that they have the wrong people around them that like, because I mean, Demi Lovato is a good example. I mean, like getting introduced to drugs and alcohol at a really young age, like, and not, and, and what makes that easier? Having ridiculous amounts of money. Right. And it's, it's hard to say no when, when you have money and that fixes so many problems. 
Yeah. And most people aren't going to tell you no because they like the money that they're getting from this too. And it's just, it's, it's a fucking vicious cycle. Right. Well, I mean, even during the conservatorship, Brittany has been like, she's obviously was dealing with like the drug abuse problems at the beginning. She got her kids taken away during this conservatorship. You could say some good things were happening, but at what point, does it end like it's not supposed to be oh this person is like in her late 20s so now she's in this conservatorship for the rest of her life if she is mentally stable enough to be granted um visitation or custody with her children then how is she not mentally stable enough to get out of a conservatorship it's it doesn't make sense no it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense at all. And to think, I mean, like, cause when you think of, I did, I honestly like, because I, did, I never researched it. I just assumed that everything was okay. Right. You know, because like I had heard that she had a, um, what's the term for it? She basically had a Broadway, not a Broadway, a, like a Las Vegas show. There's a term right. for it. And I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh, not a feature. I don't know. No, but it's like a... Um, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lost. can't think. Yeah. Yeah. Residency. Thank you very much. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she lives in Vegas. She performs in Vegas. I mean, she's got to be making decent money for that because otherwise they're not going to give her a show. So like right. I figured, hey, good for her. You know, she probably didn't spend all of that money that she made when she was like on the cover of Rolling Stone and, and the biggest fucking pop star in the world. But right. like... It's good for her, you know, it looks like she's straightened things out, but like, no, there was a dark side to the whole thing. And like, right. I'm not even going to get into the fact that like, she was basically like in her underwear on Rolling Stone at what, like 17 years old. Right. And like, it's, yeah. what's interesting about it too, is she isn't even saying like, I don't want a conservatorship. I want everything to be back in my name all she uh, from from what i've obviously i don't know britney spears she hasn't said this to me directly <laughs> but from what i've read all she wants is a third party attorney or um like corporate financial advisor to be in the role that her dad is in she doesn't want her dad but other than that she wants just a third party uh professional to be in that role, which I don't think is an out of line thing to want I, at all. I don't know why the courts are having such a hard time. And so, one of the things that stood out to me in the documentary, she did have a third party. When the conservatorship was first brought up, she had a lawyer, but all of a sudden there was this mystery file that nobody knows what was in it, not even the lawyer. But apparently the court came to the lawyer and was like, we have evidence that, um, Brittany isn't even fit enough to hire you as her representation. So she has to have a court, a court appointed lawyer. And he was fired, not by her, but by the court because of some mystery document that said that she wasn't even able to hire her own legal, um, legal team, which is crazy. It just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hoping that that's what our, our friends uh, from the Britney podcast are able to shed some light on because right. that's really what I want. I just, I want, I want answers. I want to understand this. Like how could this one, how could this happen Two, how could it continue to happen? Three, like how can she get out of this? 
Right. And I was, listen, this is actually, this is kind of like a sidestep. Justin Timberlake, can we talk about that for a second? Because I was on his side for the longest time. KJ, my partner, used to be like, I hate Justin. He's a horrible person. What he did to Janet Jackson isn't fair. And I was like, he didn't do that to Janet Jackson. Like, I think that was all a stunt. He didn't do that to her. I didn't really know about the stuff that happened with Britney. Like I knew that they broke up and that Cry Me A River song was like probably about her. But then like all of this came out and I'm like, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> he's kind of an asshole. And like, I don't know. I just, now I feel bad for defending him all this time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I, I haven't actually watched the documentary. I don't know exactly what gotcha. he did, but um, from what I've heard, it doesn't really sound like he was the nicest of people, nor was he doing anything that was like, I don't know, the right thing. Right. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't like he, I mean, to Brittany, he, it was definitely like pointed things towards Britney. I think the Janet Jackson thing was planned and he just, because of the way that society is, Janet Jackson basically got blacklisted from Hollywood and nothing happened to him except he kept selling records. Um, so that wasn't fair, but I think that that's not inherently like directly his fault. Um, I don't know. But with Britney Spears, like he would make jokes with interviewers about like sleeping with her and like say that she cheated on him. And all of it was just for publicity for him. Like apparently none of that actually happened. Um, they just broke up because Basically, they were he was insane just, pop stars. <laughs> he was just bro as fuck is what it was. And right. Like, right. Yeah. But like at the expense of Britney Spears, who like has always been shit on by the media, always, even before her 2007, 2008 incident, which I think is badass. Honestly, <laughs> if we look back at that incident, I mean, I think she was really high when it happened, but it was like profound. And I think it was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> um, she like, so obvious she shaved her head as everybody knows, but like she did it as a way of saying like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Nobody's going to be touching my hair. I'm, I'm not going to be living up to like everything that everybody expects me to do. I'm tired of basically being famous. I don't want to be in the spotlight. And that was her way of like taking that control of her life which is pretty punk rock if you ask me. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. Like, it was cool and it was symbolic. And like, what what I thought was really interesting too is that for the most part, everybody was just dunking on her. Like, right. everybody was just making jokes at her expense. Um, one of the few people that didn't is a guy named Craig Ferguson who used to host the, the Late Late Show on CBS. And like, I don't know if you've seen the clip of this or not, but um, I'm gonna play it right now, so. I'm not doing that. Brendan, listen, when she was, the kind of weekend she had, she was checking in out of rehab, she was shaving her head, getting tattoos. That's what she was doing this weekend. This Sunday I was 15 years sober. So I looked at her weekend and I looked at my own weekend and I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'd rather have my weekend. But what she's going through reminds me of what I was doing. It's an anniversary, you start to think about it. It reminds me of where I was 15 years ago when I was living like that. Now I'm not saying Britney Spears is an alcoholic. I, I don't know if she's an alcoholic or not. I, 
but she clearly needs help. Now, I remember uh, what's ha it's been happening in the press and the media recently, and particularly in the so-called news outlets, uh, uh, the, the, the way the media is looking at the world. Uh, I, I kind of had similar feelings when I... When I used to watch America's Funniest Home Videos, you know, you'd be laughing at the kid falling over and then you go, wait a minute, put down the damn camera and help your kid! <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? And I, and I, and I think we're kind of holding the camera, and people are falling apart. People are, people are dying. That Anna Nicole Smith woman, she died. <laughs> no, it's not a joke, you know, it's, it stops being funny that, that she's got a six-week-old kid or six-month-old kid. What the hell is that? You know, and, I, and I, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about making fun of these people. And for me, comedy should have a certain amount of joy in it. It should be about, about us attacking the powerful people, attacking the politicians and the, and the Trumps and the, and the blowhards and the world, going after them. We shouldn't be attacking the vulnerable people. And I think, I, I'm going to, this is totally a mea culpa, this is just for me. I think my aim's been off a bit recently. I, I, I want to change it a bit. So tonight, no Britney Spears jokes. This is like what? How, how? What was this? Thirteen years ago now? Like right? Yeah, like this. That was profound for back then, man. Because people didn't do that. Like right. it's, like it, it was just awesome. And I, I really, I remember watching it. Like I had just gotten home from work. I remember watching it and just being like, wow, that's fucking awesome. I was a teenager, so I was probably one of the people who made jokes about it. So I mean, we all did. It's, it's right. not one. It's, it's like not one of those Winehouse. things. Oh God, rest your soul. But um, people it's are. It's not one of those still... things where you should go back and like be like, oh, I feel bad for doing this now because like you've learned, you've grown, right. you know, as a person. So. Right. Yeah, but I. Um, if anyone talks badly about Britney Spears now, I'd be like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> um, you, I will physically fight someone. They better square up if you're talking about my girl. Um, <laughs> so this is a perfect segue for us too. Let's go ahead and jump in to our interview with uh, the folks from Eat, Pray, Britney. All right, so as promised, we have the co-hosts of Eat, Pray, Brittany on with us right now. We have Lisa and Jacqueline. Ladies, I <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this because coming into this blind, th this just seems so fucking insane that like one of the biggest pop stars of all time basically can't touch any of their money has to like go ask daddy for permission to do stuff like is it like on the surface is this as shitty as it seems or is there like something that we're all missing here <laughs> i think it might be worse and the yeah. whole point of us started <laughs> of us starting the podcast is really just the fact that we were flabbergasted that someone this famous could have this happen to them and it the response from the public was just like a collective shrug without much interest because the story itself is off the wall. I mean, it really, it has so much intrigue to it. And yet it, it barely like registered any type of media attention until maybe the last two years. Yeah, I guess that makes sense that like, I, even though I, me love Brittany, um, have kept up with her Instagram <laughs> since I could, but it's, you really haven't heard about like the conservatorship side of things until like the free Britney 
movement kind of started. And I mean, this documentary, I feel like has really, uh, like burst that bubble wide open for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's one of those things that like Jacqueline said, we always wondered how someone as famous as Brittany could be in a situation this strange and not have this be something that everyone was talking about all the time. And it's obviously in the documentary, which Mike, when you watch it, you'll see, but they go over so much of the media scrutiny that Britney was under for most of, for all of her career, really. And so this is someone that the media was covering relentlessly, yet this thing that seemingly would, you know, garner quite a lot of attention if they were to talk about it is not something they've talked about. Although that it's not like Britney hasn't been in the public eye during the time of the conservatorship. And it's also not like the media hasn't covered her. They just haven't really covered this aspect of her life and the situation she's in until, like Jacqueline said, really, you know, pretty recently. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a really good point that like she, especially around the time the conservatorship started, I mean, that was like not the height of her uh, career by any means. Like I'm not saying that that's when people first started hearing about Britney Spears, but that is when the media was really on her 24 seven. So that isn't something that I've thought about is that like, why wouldn't they report on something that if that happened to a celebrity, specifically like a, a woman, now, if something like that just started, I feel like there would be a, uh, an uproar <laughs> of anger <laughs> for people. <laughs> I think that well, the thing that is really kind of like sh- not shocking to me, but like the more and more we find out, cause I remember when it happened, not really batting an eye uh, back then, but like the more and more we learn about the way the media is, the way Hollywood is, they just kind of chew people up and spit them out. And like, especially women, like it's, it's less surprising now. It's all the same sad, but it's just like, <laughs> it's it's fucked up. And like, it's just funny how much has changed since this first started happening when she had her very famous head shaving incident, like that we're all a little more sympathetic, I think. I mean, which is a really, really good thing. But at the same time too, like, like, like you had said um, to begin this, is how could somebody this famous have this happen to them? And it's, there's part of me that thinks people just kind of got used to the idea that she just couldn't handle fame and needed to have her dad come in and take over. And everyone was so comfortable with that being like the bookend to her story that they just sort of moved on. But then there was a point where Britney was actually engaged to an agent, Jason Trawick, and they brought him on to the personal conservatorship. And this was reported on by the media, and it still didn't seem like it was that big of a deal that this grown adult woman was having control over her life passed from her dad to her fiance. And it was all legally binding, and nobody kind of stopped to think, doesn't this seem a little bit misogynistic? <laughs> Because this is happening in like maybe 2013. So it's not even that long ago. I don't know if we've, maybe we've just come so radically far so quickly that our perspective on these things have changed. But the magnitude of her star power and the extreme 
nature of her situation just felt like it should warrant more of a story from from media that loves to sensationalize things. It really and it wasn't a cool story anymore, though. That's the problem is it's not it was no longer about, hey, here's the meltdown of this person. Now it became something that people weren't really interested in. And that's Mm. that sucks. Yeah, right. And it's weird. Like uh, when I was explaining it to Mike earlier, it's weird because it's not even like Britney at this point is asking for the conservatorship to be over. I mean, obviously, that would be great. But all she wants is like a third party like objective person um (laughs) to have control over the conservatorship which i feel like it's just it's crazy to me because it seems like the courts and the people in charge of this are just like nah it's fine this is we're just gonna let whatever happen here happen but like none of it makes sense to me (laughs) and i don't know if that because i i say it all the time i have like one brain cell left in my brain so like uh conceptualizing things can be difficult but um it just maybe i just don't know that much about conservatorships but like even after doing research about them and i told mike if she's like capable to get at least some custody back of her children, then how does she not have the autonomy to have more control over her financial and personal life? That makes no sense. How can a court decide that? (laughs) Well, and I think, so as far as Brittany not wanting the conservatorship anymore, that's something where it seems like right now in terms of, the filings that her court appointed attorney Samuel Ingham has been filing since like last summer where they've really been, you know, pushing that they want Jamie off of the conservatorship that Brittany won't work until he's removed as the conservator of her estate, all of those things. It's not clear that she also doesn't intend to ask for the conservatorship to end later. And there has been legal wording in some of those filings that says that basically she retains the right later to want this all to be done. But right now, this is just the step that she's asking for. Gotcha. Um, but in terms of, yeah, your question about what, how, how does this get signed off on? And because this is a permanent conservatorship, Um, There are yearly hearings and check-ins and things like that, but this isn't something where the onus would be on Brittany to have to prove that she can get out of it. The onus wouldn't be on Jamie or the other uh, temporary conservator of her person right now, Jody Montgomery, to prove that she needs to be in it. And so that's the thing I think when people, we didn't know a lot about conservatorships either until we learned more about them through what's happening to Brittany. But I think that's been some of the conventional wisdom. I think that has allowed at least the public to not pay as close attention, if not maybe the media also, is there's this thinking that, well, conservatorships are really serious, so she must be in it for a good reason, and the courts must know something we don't know. And, you know, that's kind of it. So, you know, just wrapped up with a bow, don't look at it more closely. But unfortunately, conservatorship or guardianship abuse, because they're called different things in different states, is really common. And because conservatorships have to do with not just helping someone by making decisions for them and and being their legal, basically, you know, 
guardian and, and having all of that, but it also has to do with their money and having control over their money. And unfortunately, a lot of conservatorship or guardian abu guardianship abuse has to do with you know, abuse of people's funds and using this as a predatory way to take people's rights away so that you can take their money away. And even though conservatorships are supposed to be something that the court system is supposed to be watching very carefully, they're supposed to be entered into, you know, only in really extreme circumstances because of how extreme the loss of civil liberties is for the people that are in them. Right. Um, it's not something that I'm sure this doesn't surprise you, but the American court system is not operating the way that it was intended to really in any venue of the court system. Right. And this is one of those areas where it's not working right now. And so there's a lot of people not related at all to Britney's case, but there's a lot of people who are really asking for change in the conservatorship and guardianship systems in the court system because it's failing people right now. And so you'd like to think that all of these checks and balances would have been there for Britney too. And even though she's a really rich white woman that everyone's paying attention to, it seems like these are a lot more routine than they should be. And the ACLU actually has had a lot to say about Britney's case in the last few months. And they did a Q&A at the end of the summer explaining conservatorships in more detail. And I'd recommend people check that out because they explain basically how a lot of this stuff isn't working the way it's supposed to right now. And that's just a really disturbing and sad thing to think about, not just for Brittany, but for other people who are vulnerable, who are in this position and can't get out of it. Right. So this is like, I mean, ultimately, this is bigger than just Brittany. This is people taking, which I mean, this, like you said, it isn't just in regards to conservatorships, but people taking advantage of a broken system for their own financial, or I mean, in, in a lot of cases, also political, I'm assuming in other ways of, but their own personal gain. And I mean, I, I read that before the conservatorship, um, Britney's estate was technically in debt, but now it's worth over $60 million. And that's a lot of money <laughs> for not a third party to have control over. <laughs> well, so there is actually some debate about whether or not she was in the red when gotcha. the conservatorship stepped in. And I just want to point that out because in the initial paperwork that Jamie Spears had to file when he was taking over her person and her estate, they actually stated that her net worth at that point was $58 million. Oh, wow. So that is a part of the initial application for uh -huh. the conservatorship over her estate. And obviously, value and, and liquid net worth these are all very different things but we now know her net worth to be reported at 60 million dollars so in theory Britney's net worth has managed to not change at all from 2008 through now as most wealthy people in America like that would make you probably one of the worst managers of any multi-million right. dollar estate to not have increased the value of her her net worth right especially after a full vegas residency which is something mike and i talked about like that was that's that was huge There's yeah something so I, going on and yeah i'm sorry to interrupt but like yeah. i'm just I'm, I'm fascinated by this by the way and thank you both for for your insight and like in my civilian job that i have that i don't speak of like i have to deal with a, a form of this and what's called power of attorney where um i have oftentimes children or heirs having to manage the um, business dealings of their um, 
mentally incapable parents oftentimes. And like, it's, it's crazy to me when I see the paperwork come in and how sloppy it is, but also how vague it is and what is acceptable and what's not. So like from the other side of things, I can attest that like, this is not something that like is super complex and people are, it's really, it sounds like they are taking advantage of, of, a, of a broken system. And like Casey Kasem is a perfect example. It happened to him before he died and his children were fighting over it and he wasn't allowed to make any decisions. Uh, Stan Lee, before he died, the same thing happened to him. And it's just, it's scary to think that like it, it was, it's so easy. And somebody who would, you would think, I mean, in her, in her thirties, I, I believe Brittany is right now. Is that right? Cause I feel like we're about the same age, Brittany Spears and I. Yeah, she's 39. Yeah, we are ex the exact same age. And somebody that you would think would be in their prime, so to speak, is struggling, like just to be able to figure out where their money is because of how complex this has become, because it sounds like somebody took advantage of a bad situation. Well, and so also it's interesting that you... Oh, sorry, Jacqueline, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was just, just going to say it's interesting that you bring up Casey Kasem <laughs> because the Brittany's uh, court-appointed attorney, Sam Ingham, was also involved in his case, Ooh. which ended up very messy for Sam Ingham because this actually is a, it's like a very small world of court-appointed attorneys and court-appointed guardians, which lends itself to this idea that it is really easy to take advantage of someone because it's so institutionalized in terms of this is how someone makes a living, essentially. So, Lisa, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I actually was going to, we're on the same wavelength, Jacqueline. I wanted to just say, too, that um, exactly what Jacqueline was saying, that this is kind of a cottage industry for people, that they specialize in conservatorships. So, like, the conservator of Britney's person right now, Jody Montgomery, this is what she does, is become people's conservator. Sam Ingham, that Jacqueline just mentioned, that had to do with the Casey Kasem case as well. Uh, that's a tongue twister. He also, <laughs> this is his line of work. And so, when you think about Britney's money and what it's been going to, it's been going to her court-appointed attorney that she didn't even get to pick, um, but it's also been going to all of these lawyers for Jamie for 13 years, too. So the cottage industry around conservatorships, billable hours are a pretty pricey endeavor. It's millions of dollars a year that Brittany is spending on these legal fees for herself and her dad. I, I was wanted about to, to ask say... Oh, oh, sorry. oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jess. No, I want to ask you a real quick question and then just jump in. Um, I know that we, we want to be careful with this, um, ladies and gentlemen who are out there listening. Uh, we want to be careful because the world's a crazy place, especially social media. So we want to respect the uh, anonymity of our guests here. And if you if you can't answer, I understand. But is this something where your level of knowledge, because you are both incredibly knowledgeable about right. the subject. Right, um, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> is this something that was already your profession or your field of study? Or is this something that you literally have become more or less like a subject matter expert just from this case and studying it? I think it's, it's born from this case more than anything. Uh, uh, Lisa and I do know people that work in the healthcare field. Uh, one of our episodes introduced one of my relatives who works for individuals that need uh, assisted living, adults that need assisted living, and a number of his clients are under guardianships. So we asked him to kind of give his perspective as someone that works so closely with people under guardianships, what their level of understanding and what their level of um, uh, 
capabilities are. And he was shocked to find out that Brittany is under a conservatorship because these guardianships really are for people that have, you know, severe uh, mental uh, impairments or illnesses, you know, depending on their circumstances where they truly cannot take care of themselves. And she does not fall into that category. Well, that's what, so what I was going to ask about is, because like, like Mike said, you guys are very knowledgeable (laughs) about this, um, which is great. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Um, Is that in, uh, like I said, the the knowledge that I have isn't like deep dives. Um, It is like uh, an interest of mine. I watched the documentary and I've, I've done a little research here and there, but um Uh, In the documentary, she had chosen her own lawyer at one point, if if I'm remembering correctly. And the court was basically like, there's this hidden file that you can't see evidence saying that she's not capable of using you as her attorney. So we have to appoint someone to her. And it's like, is that is that what happened? Like, did I (laughs) did I hear that correctly or am I misunderstanding what happened there? (laughs) So at the time that Brittany was going to be put into the conservatorship, uh, so this is February 2008, uh, Brittany was put into an involuntary psychiatric hold. She was put into two different involuntary psychiatric holds or 5150s during the month of January. And when she was put under the second one at the end of the month, this is when her father filed to be um, her temporary conservator at the time. And so Brittany contacted multiple lawyers um, and one of the lawyers, Adam Streisand, appears in Framing Britney Spears, the documentary, yes. talking about when he was you know, with her and that she clearly seemed to know what was going on and that she seemed uh, to be kind of resigned to the fact that this was going to happen and she wouldn't be able to get out of the conservatorship, but that she felt really strongly about not wanting to be, not wanting her dad to be her conservator and knowing basically that she had to undertake the conservatorship to be able to see her kids. Um, but then Adam Streisand was thrown out of court that like Monday or whatever, and the judge ruled that he wouldn't be able to represent her. Um, and then there's also, they're pretty upsetting, but there's voicemails attributed to Brittany that you can find on YouTube where she's leaving messages for other attorneys asking them to represent her as well um, during this time where she was still trying to work out, um, you know, what exactly was going to happen. And this is before uh, the court eventually, you know, threw out all of those other offers, said, no, you're not capable of making this decision. And then that's when Sam Ingham was installed as as her court appointed advocate. And then he's been in that role for the last 13 years because the conservatorship literally just turned 13 a few weeks ago. Lord. It is I mean, I I was already angry about it, but like going through all of this again and like having you guys who are very knowledgeable about it, like explaining it um, in a better way than what I've been like, I feel like I could pop off on somebody right now. Like, <laughs> I feel like I could get into a full blown <laughs> fist fight with someone for Britney Spears right now. And like I said, it's I really... cared before, like I, I absolutely cared before, but like that she... I'm upset. (laughs) I just, it's just, I think that a lot of it comes from seeing how our system fails people every single day anyway, um, in millions of different ways. But like, like you guys basically started off saying, this is so obvious right in front of people and nobody has cared. 
and that sucks. And it just it it further speaks to the disposable nature of celebrity, in the sense that like, oh well, people will often say like, oh you know it's Britney Spears. When was the last time she was relevant? Ho 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 ho, and make some bad awful joke because they don't they don't care because what have you done for me lately like the mindset is just it's pervasive and it's disgusting and sorry went off on a rant there for a second i wanted to ask um lisa jacqueline how did how did this start like what made you decide that this was the thing that you wanted to research that this was the thing that was going to be essentially the the cause that you champion but also like why turn it into a podcast we had talked about doing a podcast for years on Britney's case just because it every time we have been such huge fans for so long and every time Britney came up Lisa and I would just be like but she's not in control of her life and no one is having that conversation and it felt really pressing for us I think as time went on and it just became something that was accepted uh so we we started the podcast oddly enough the first episodes came out the day before Britney's Graham dropped their episode with the bombshell voicemail that was shown in Framing Britney Spears where a paralegal alleges that Britney was committed to a mental health facility against her wishes um the release of that voicemail kickstarted a number of events that took place within the courts where Britney actually showed up to the court for the first time in our memory i think for the first time ever in the lifespan of the conservatorship to appear before a judge to say that she felt the the restrictions on her life were too strict and she wanted them loosened so it was like a weird confluence of events. We thought we were going to be doing a podcast about things that had happened in the past and we were just going to do a re-examining of it. We didn't think that this was ever something that was actually going to get traction in the public eye. And then when that happened so soon after we launched, it just felt like, okay, I guess this was a little kismet. And then to quote Jess, Jess, it, it popped off. So yeah, yeah. It popped <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> So from from your perspective like how does this get fixed? Can it get fixed? That that's the other thing or is this just so fucking complex that it's it's almost impossible for this to ever like can Britney ever li- live a normal life or is that just impossible because of one who she is, two because of the things that's happened and three like there's so much legal red tape to go through. On the conservatorship end, it seems like, I mean, we're hopeful because there's a lot of momentum right now because people who never really thought about Britney or haven't thought about Britney in a long time that didn't know anything about the conservatorship or thought free Britney was just like a conspiracy theory, all of those things are changing. So we're hopeful that the renewed interest will have some forward momentum for the case because uh, as they talk about in the documentary, definitely some of the things that we've seen in the in the recent months with the hearings definitely seem to be informed by what's been happening with the Free Britney movement overall. And we've seen, they mentioned in the documentary, there's a, a court filing that they read from, from Britney's attorney, Sam Ingham, where he says that they welcome the informed support of Britney's fans. And she doesn't want to be hidden away in the closet like a family secret and the whole world is watching. And so seemingly saying like, thank you free Britney for bringing this attention and we want 
this to we want to make sure the scrutiny remains so that things can can continue to move forward. But it is a little I, Jacqueline and I both feel pessimistic sometimes that we're unsure how the conservatorship would fully get wrapped up. And again, we don't expect to know anything about the inner workings of Brittany's private life or her medical details or her personal affairs, like any of that stuff. But it just seems like the machinery is so big and it's so hard to stop it once it's set in motion that it seems like it would be a very long process for the conservatorship to end. Um, but then to your other point of kind of what can Brittany ever lead a normal life? I think that the way that Brittany has been viewed by the media in the public, even though that conversation now maybe is starting to happen partially because of the documentary and people are like, can't believe someone asked her about her boobs when she was 17 or, you know, people were making fun of her when she was clearly going through some sort of mental health crisis and all of these things. So hopefully that conversation has started, but Brittany still is kind of a punching bag, I think, and a joke. Um, you know, even right now, when you look at the way that her Instagram posts are covered by the media and things like that. So I also am kind of skeptical. I hope that eventually the media can move towards a place of covering Britney from a more empathetic and empowering lens. But the media in general is still very misogynistic and very problematic overall. So it also kind of feels unlikely that that will magically uh, change overnight, although I very wish, much wish it would for Brittany because she has definitely already dealt with enough crap, both legally and from the media. Well, and it further speaks to, um, in the beginning when Jess and I were doing our intro, we discussed the, and I don't even remember the guy's name, Jess, you can jump in for me if you want, but the guy who basically got his window smashed in by an umbrella because of covering Brittany. I hate Brittany. that man. Like, I hate him. The him, paparazzi. Like, God, what was his name? <laughs> Basically, I forget his name. Yeah, he was like justifying his his actions. He'd be like, "Well, you know, like I made money, huh?" Like, it's. I'm hoping that, to to your point, like the the media is starting to shift a little bit, but it's not the leaps and bounds that it needs to shift, because they still prey on this aspect of, boy, do we love seeing somebody big fall. Boy, do we love well, watching watching the the the, fi the you know the fiery tailspin as somebody's career comes crashing down, and like they love covering it and in the cruelest way possible. I do think that there's some perspective to have on the media where they are controlling the narrative versus highlighting the public perception of a narrative. Because I, I think that sometimes that can run a fine line uh, when you think about like the merchants of cool, right? And the, the, the entities that ultimately pick what the next big thing is and how they push that through media conglomerates um, versus a, a very real public uh, desire to continually do what you've referenced, Mike, which is build people up in, in characters and these celebrities up just to have them go through the life cycle of 
you know, hitting rock bottom and getting their redemption story. I mean, we see it all the time with with actors. I'm thinking of like Ben Affleck, right? I mean, how many times has this guy risen from the ashes? <laughs> you know, with I'll never forget his Oscar speech. You, you would have thought that Ben Affleck had, you know, gone to war or something, but really he was just <laughs> like the guy was in rehab and, and was was having, I guess, a hard time in his marriage, but was always afforded the opportunity to direct you know, an Oscar worthy movie. Uh, so we, we love that, that constant cyclical behavior of celebrity. And I, I do think that maybe there is more of a demand for real celebrity stories in that we want them to be more reflective of what's happening in our day to day and our struggles. And that I think that, you know, as we've kind of gotten further into uh, the 2000s, those lines have become so blurred with the way that we approach reality TV and the way that we look at celebrity and how regular people can be influencers and all of those different things are happening on like all of these different planes that kind of leads you to this question when it comes to Britney of like, Britney existed when celebrities were real things. I mean, they were like other level celebrities and her rise and fall was that much more dramatic because I don't know that we necessarily felt like we created it. It felt like she was plucked from obscurity and we loved that about her, that she was like the little engine that could, who, you know, went on to, to dominate the world in this pop forum. And now, I mean, are you gonna ever gonna have another pop star like that? Or are they always gonna be Taylor Swift's whose dads were, you know, in charge of like parts of JP Morgan? Right. Also, like there's like you mentioned, like celebrities were like a whole other thing. You didn't get looks into their personal lives unless it was a very scripted and controlled thing. But like social media I think plays the biggest role in kind of breaking down that barrier and people thinking like oh I have an inside look at this person's life every single day but I would like to ask kind of an off the wall question which like is not me trying to like poke fun at Brittany by any means obviously there's an entire podcast dedicated to her Instagram but in your opinions I have to know do you think that she has access to and runs her Instagram page. This is something that very recently there pre when the documentary came out, because obviously the whole Britney conversation right now is totally informed by the documentary. But in the month before the documentary came out, uh, somebody who actually is like the social media manager for Britney's Instagram had these Instagram posts kind of talking about some of the misconceptions she felt like that were out there about Britney's Instagram. And that person uh, works for a company that has ties in some way to Britney's former business manager, this woman, Lou Taylor. Uh, And Lou Taylor is not mentioned in the Free Me and Britney Spears documentary, but that's a pretty big part of the story that wasn't covered there because Lou Taylor is the one that had a had gotten to know Britney's father Jamie and Lou Taylor was kind of the architect of the conservatorship behind the scenes um, based on the descriptions that Lynn Britney's mother gives in her book Through the Storm it was Lynn uh, that was you know kind of on the outside 
looking in and it was Lou, this business manager of Jamie's is how she's attributed in the book um, that was suggesting to Jamie that this happened. And we do know also that Lou um, had uh, tried to get conservatorships over Lindsay Lohan, also over Courtney Love. Um, but this social media manager was related in a way to Lou Taylor. So the whole thing oh, uh, wow. was kind of, you know, people had a lot to kind of say about it or look at it about it. But that is kind of one of the things I think, especially people from the outside looking in wonder is like, what is the deal with this Instagram? Um, right. Because she might not even now it's unclear like she seems to have a cell phone but previously at other times in the conservatorship it was widely reported that like she wasn't allowed to have a cell phone or at least to have a cell phone that goes on the internet so like that would seem to indicate that she probably can't fully be on social media um right and then there's all sorts of theories from that of like how even though obviously any celebrity probably has a social media manager doing something with their instagram so that's not really the noteworthy part it's more just like what is the mechanism of like how does this all work on the back end and it does seem like she doesn't fully control what is on there right and like you said definitely the the conversation sort of revolves around the documentary i mean obviously this podcast episode was kind of started because of that but even Way before that, my partner and I have always, even before the Britney's Instagram podcast came out, like have kept an eye on her Instagram and like go on her Instagram regularly <laughs> just to like look because it's it. Mike, I don't know if you know, but like her Instagram is bizarre. Like my, my wife follows it and, and kind of gives me um, like highlights. So <laughs> she'll right, be like, like yeah, and she said that like at, at various times, it's just it's video of Britney just like kind of spinning around and dancing and doing something very strange. And like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So yeah. Well, part of me, I was looking at that the, like the other day I was looking at those videos and part of me is like, that was her life on like in public and in front of paparazzi and on the carpets was her like posing like that. So maybe that's just some sort of sense of normalcy for her is like, that's what she did in front of a camera for her entire life up till this point. So I don't know. I get the sense that she's very bored. I mean, right. Very, very isolated and very bored. And what I find fascinating about her Instagram, it is like one of the least polished celebrity Instagram accounts that you can find, which is what <laughs> right. actually makes it so fascinating. It's like, this is so unfiltered and there's not really, it's not trying to cultivate something. It's not trying to set a certain image. It really just seems someone that like a person that's left to their own devices in their mansion that maybe just can't go out that much. The dancing videos always kill me because sometimes, yeah, it looks very weird. And then because we're such Britney stands, sometimes I can actually pick out choreography that she's right. repeating where I'm like, okay, this wouldn't look weird if you were on stage. It does look weird when you're filming it in <laughs> just your own house. Right. So I think I find that endearing that it's, it seems to not be trying to make any type of statement. And then the response to it becomes fascinating because we have now become so used to seeing celebrities put on this, this veneer when they're presenting themselves. And she is just sort of refusing to do that. And our first instinct is she must be crazy. Right. And she's not like, she's, as far as I've seen, she's never like advertised anything, which is like a big thing for celebrities to do, obviously. Um, and also just like 
the cat it's just weird to think of somebody else having um access to the like to her instagram if it isn't her posting then like the person who is posting it like for her clearly doesn't give a fuck about like the like you said like the image of the instagram like there (laughs) is no like it's so it's just very interesting her Mm -hmm. singing um the uh I can't help falling in love with you. I think it was like just standing in front of a Christmas tree and whoever was recording it, just like circling around her with the camera. And everyone was like, what, like, what is this? And it's just, I don't know. My, my favorite thing on her Instagram, I just want to say this is, um, if you go back to her older pictures, you can see that she has little tiny furniture in the background for her dogs. And it's like a teeny, like teeny tiny sofa and like, a a very tiny chair or lounge and it's literally furniture for her pets and I'm like that's funny like that's hysterical to me because that's something I would have (laughs) but it's not intentionally funny (laughs) like it's not somebody like you said like planning to put those there or anything but I don't know. And then when she was like, oh, by the way, everyone, um, half my house burned down because I left a candle burning in my gym and it's like what are (laughs) You're just going to come to Instagram and tell us that your gym burned down because you left a candle burning? Like, it's so random. I, it's just Listen, weird. you would never see that on Gwyneth Paltrow's Instagram account. Right. And again, that is a part of what makes Britney so, so fascinating is she is really one of the most universally famous pop stars in the world. And you would think there would be all of these checks and balances around it. And then there becomes that more insidious question of, okay, if she does hire a team and she is paying someone to post these for her <laughs> and they are just letting this kind of roll out as is, is there a benefit to them to kind right. of just show this person as is? And maybe, maybe, maybe this it is, is almost s- like rebellion in a way. Maybe like whoever is filming it for her is like, you know what? I'm tired of you being unable to do anything so let's just do whatever the fuck we want on this let's film your crazy you know pet furniture and let's have <laughs> you singing to a christmas tree like and, and that's the other thing too is it's like it could be performative art in a way and for somebody who has been a performer since she was little what would you fall back on choreography singing songs that you know by heart like this is like it's it's not a condemnation on her but for the most parts like people who have been in per, in the performing arts since a young age are not what we would consider normal they don't do things they they're going to do things like that they're going to dance randomly and, and like you like you two had mentioned you're going to notice parts of the choreography because it's it's muscle memory for her she had to memorize that when she was 17 years old so now she knows it by heart for whatever reason and like like you said i i'm gonna like i'm gonna fucking pick up my phone right now and follow her instagram because this sounds fucking fascinating like i want to watch it now (laughs) yeah lisa and i went to a, a liberal arts school where there was a really strong um like acting program and i i think lisa i don't want to speak for you i feel like we can both agree with mike on that one I live near an art school and I can, yes, (laughs) but in a good way. I mean, art, art school students, 
acting school students, drama school students. It's, it's, it is a very uh, specific type of uh, sentiment, or I, I don't, I don't even know what the word is. But Brittany like is a very artistic sensibility. Thank you. Um, she, she is a really artistic person. I mean, if you go further back in her Instagram, which it sounds like Jess, you've been a connoisseur of her Instagram for a long time. Yes. Mike, you can scroll back and find this. But Brittany loves to put I her can't paintings. Can't fucking wait, man. She loves to put her paintings on Instagram. Brittany loves floral arranging and floor like flowers. She loves um, interior design, especially tiny furniture, which Jacqueline and I both love. But she is a very <laughs> creative person, not just in the ways that we typically associate with her, you know, the dancing and the singing and the performing. She is really into all of that. And also earlier in her career before the conservatorship um, when we would still see, you know, Brittany in interviews or things, Brittany is really goofy. And that has always been part of Brittany's personality, this goofy Brittany persona. And sometimes I feel like you see that in the Instagram as well, where some of it, I think she is being silly, but like Jacqueline said, she's probably just bored. But then the way that gets translated in these stories is fans concerned after Britney's latest er erratic dancing video or whatever it is, where a lot of the times, I think if Britney could talk more about this, she would probably be laughing about it. Like, I don't think it's as deep as some people are making it where they're like, oh, this is a clear sign that she's, you know, people are diagnosing her in the comments right. with all of this stuff. Like, I don't, I don't think it's that deep. Which any person worth a damn when it comes to psychology, never, ever, ever diagnoses people like through video, through audio mm -hmm. like you have to actually sit down and talk to them so like anybody who's like oh well almost like oh just oh fuck you you don't know what the hell you're talking about and it's <laughs> god that infuriates me like talking well, heads like dr drew getting up there and saying oh well, i think that shut up dr drew <laughs> well i was gonna say also like a, a kind of uh going off what lisa was saying um is like maybe it is more of like a sinister thing if somebody's running the Instagram and like trying to make Britney like look unhinged. She doesn't look unhinged to me. That's not, I, I think she looks normal. I think these are normal videos, but like you said, people like they're twisting these stories of like fans react to her like crazy video. And like, does Britney look like she's on drugs in this video? And like, what is she doing? Like it does further the narrative of like, well, clearly look at this Instagram. She has she's still lost it so she can't With no context people can create whatever story they want right right and it's just like the most recent one that was like weird to me where i was like okay this definitely is weird is she she posts these videos where she's like answering fan questions but like it's not questions that anybody actually oh, yeah. has <laughs> like she'll she'll be like oh yeah here you you guys want to know these questions about me so like my favorite color is this color and like i my dream vacation is to go here and everyone's like we literally no one has asked you that question but in the most recent video she's like i heard you guys have been writing in asking questions for me and everyone was like who did you hear? Like, what do you mean you heard? And where were people yeah. writing into like that? People are now speculating, like somebody's telling her like, Oh, Hey, people are writing into your Instagram saying these things. So you need to record a video talking about the questions. But again, the questions were like, just not 
and nothing that people would be asking, especially right now. But it was just a weird yeah. thing. Dear Brittany, what's your dream date? Yeah, like nobody's asking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Does, she, the, resp- does she respond hard. to comments on her uh, Instagram at all? No. She doesn't. Yeah, she's not active on her Instagram, which of course lends itself to the idea that she doesn't actually have like immediate personal access to it and that she does work with someone else where she sends them the post and they actually do the posting for her. I think the conversation about her Instagram is fascinating for people that are really into Britney and that have been following the case for a really long time. For Lisa and I, everything about Britney is interesting. So of course we would right. find this piece interesting, <laughs> but we do know on paper that like she can't sign a contract to do a residency. She can't sign a contract to do a tour. These are things that she's done. She can't sign a marriage certificate. So she she legally can't get married. So when you when you look at like the big picture, the Instagram does seem a little bit more insignificant because whether she's right. she has the autonomy to post on there or not, the autonomy in her actual life is that she the lack of autonomy rather is really terrifying and i it's almost it almost feels like we're looking for some areas where she does have control to kind of try to extract some meaning from it because we recognize but can't really mentally deal with the fact that she has so little control over day-to-day things that we take for granted right Wow. I didn't realize that the conservatorship and like rules of it meant that like, I mean, I knew that she couldn't really make decisions on her own, but even something as um, like, I'm going to say simple, but I mean, it's obviously a big deal, but like uh, signing a marriage certificate um, or choosing to get married. uh, Yeah. I mean, she can't, she can't, she can't hire her own security. She in the original paperwork for the conservatorship, and Lisa and I can try to get you the links to these documents just so you know that we're not making it up. But ultimately, um, the conservator has control over who visits her house. They have control over her full security team. They have control over the people that can and can't contact her. So this is someone that in the worst possible set of circumstances or the worst light has been living a really small, isolated existence for over a decade, despite being one of the highest earning pop acts over that same time period. That's insane. And I think there are questions, I think, that do come up of consent, right? I mean, if you're doing a residency, but you're not signing off on it, you make none of the money for it. Like, I think that those end up becoming the questions that are much harder to answer. And that's why it I don't want to say it's easier to focus on her Instagram. I love her Instagram. I have lost hours, if not days, on her Instagram. But then when you you kind of take a step back, you're like, ooh, this is just like the lowest hanging fruit in a story that is way, way, way creepier. Right. And I think it is because the Instagram is more accessible. I think a lot of want answers and a lot of people, like you said, like want to know what's going on and like that is like the little shredded bits of like her life that people can like cling on to and desperately try to find more meaning in it. But, um, the only I, way I, we can connect with, with celebrities, honestly, if you think about it, like right? It, it's the only way we can feel like we're somehow involved in their lives is by watching the shit that they cultivate to put on social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, but I don't know. It's, it's so sad, I think, is something that we haven't 
really said and that's really it's upsetting it's horrible she is and I think it was Lisa who said it um but like if you look back at an interview she is so funny she's legitimately she's a weird person like not not in like a ew that person's weird but like in a uh uh I can't think of the word strange endearing Endearing. Yeah. Yeah. No, like she's hysterical. She's funny. She's weird in like a, wow, that's weird, but hysterical way. And like the way that she acts on set and uh, like behind the, like behind the scenes for her concerts and stuff like that. Uh, she seems like somebody who would be very outgoing. I will say she is a Sagittarius, um, as am I. So, um, she, I feel like has this innate, like, drive to perform and to go places but like her world is made so 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 tiny because of the people in control of her life and that sucks 100 <laughs> percent, yeah i i agree um lisa jacqueline i want to give you guys the chance to plug your stuff because this like i said this has been fascinating but also too like i was very impressed with how knowledgeable you are about some really complex uh, concepts. So where can people find your podcast? How can they get in contact with you if they have questions or anything like that? So our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. It's called Eat, Pray, Brittany. Uh, we have an Instagram and a Twitter that have the same name, Eat, Pray, Brittany as well. And on our Twitter, especially, Jacqueline does really close reads of a lot of the media coverage and articles around Britney. So if that's something you're interested in, there's a ton of that on our Twitter. Um, and then our website, eatpraybritney.com, not only has you know links to all of our episodes, but uh, we do a lot of show notes on each episode because we do cover a lot of stuff where people want more information on it. So if you start listening to the podcast and start doing a deeper dive, there's a lot of links and things on there that you can really spend a lot of time um, looking into this more because it is a really expansive thing. So it is one of those things where people might have a perception of what they think this is all about. And then once you start getting into it more, you like people make the joke that they thought, you know, when they were listening to Britney Spears stuff in like 2019, let's say mid 2019, they thought it was like nostalgia, like pop culture stuff. And then all of a sudden it turned into like true crime. And that's kind of where we're at now, where it's this like very weird intersection of all of those things. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I've got an Instagram account to follow. I have conservatorships to read up on. Like, the, you guys have given me homework, so I, I appreciate that. Um, Jess, any parting questions that you have for Lisa and uh, Jacqueline? No, I just want to say thank you guys so much for joining yeah, us. Seriously. Thank you very much. And um, you guys are really great. And I already <laughs> listened to your podcast before, so... <laughs> Um, I think what you what you guys do is great, and um, I really just appreciate um, everything that you've told us tonight. Well, thank you so much for having us. And Mike, I think that this the style of this podcast is actually a really interesting jumping off point. I'm sure for a lot of people on a lot of different topics. So we give you credit for for letting us come on and choosing this as a topic, which might not always seem like the coolest thing, but really I think has a lot of meat to it. Well. Thank you. I mean, you know, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, I'm one of those people that like, I 
fall down rabbit holes on a regular basis when I start researching things on social media. And I've been friends with Jess for shit. How long have I known you now, Jess? Oh, it's, it's like been... 13, 14 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she only makes it worse because I'll say something <laughs> and then she'll be like, bro, did you know about this? And then just like blow my mind with like a million things that I had no idea about. So yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time, but it's, it's a ton of fun. And we, I'm really glad that you, that y'all enjoyed being on like, that's, Thank point, you. You know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having us. We love talking about Brittany, and it was exciting to answer these these very good questions about Brittany because we literally could talk anyone's ear off about her all day long. <laughs> of course. Well, thank you for talking our ear off about it. Uh, for all you folks out there, check out Eat, Pray, Brittany. It is wherever you can find podcasts. They've got a Twitter, they've got Instagram, all those fun things. But thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jacqueline, for joining us on this episode of Mike Explores. Thank you. Thank you. I'm using your full name for this. Jay Dilla, what the fuck just happened? I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I need comfort food and a comedy movie because I'm feeling very sad. I... I'm at a loss for words right now because like that was what the fuck just happened? Like I, I literally thought I was just going to be like, Oh yeah, this is pretty, you know, it's crazy. And this is what's going on. But these two came on, like they sounded like they had passed the bar in their state. Like they <laughs> sounded like they had like these legal expertise. Like they sounded like they knew what the fuck they were talking about. I mean, and they I'm, do, yeah. but it also totally sounded do. like they have been like in Britney's pocket for like her life <laughs> and like they knew more than I think I could have ever found out on my own, which is great. I mean, that's the point of this is us learning about things. Obviously. That's exact, exploring. exactly. <laughs> we, are, we are exploring shit man like what did we fucking explore something that I, I literally thought like okay let's use let's use the euphemism that we're 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 exploring caves right you know i've got my little helmet on with a little uh, flashlight on top you do too i'm like hey let's climb into this cave jess and you're like fuck yeah let's do it and we do and we climb in this britney cave and this shit is scary and deep <laughs> and frightening like this was like way worse than I thought it was not worse as in like quality the podcast fucking podcast was great it was more so like that this this is so fucking sad right and it goes along with like the mental health things that we we've been talking about but it goes to show how not only are people who deal with mental health or substance abuse issues already in a vulnerable state but how easy it is for people to take advantage of that and it's fucked up and it's sad. And I hope that, I mean, in the grand scheme, that this at least brings some change for not just Brittany, but, you know, like regular people who have to go through this sort of shit every day. I hope this opens people's eyes. That's what I hope it does. I hope it, it opens people's eyes to realizing the realities of what it is to be a celebrity. Because yeah. think about how many people are, are will emulate the we'll use the kardashians as an example oh i want to be like the kardashians i want to be able to go on instagram and i want to be an influencer and i want to do this and i want to do that and not realizing that like 
there could be some severe repercussions if you do something that is seen as quote unquote crazy. Because the one thing that we didn't really even delve into is I can't remember the guy's name, but they had talked about like, oh, let's put Courtney Love in a conservatorship. Courtney Love was a grown ass woman. Like right. this was going like when people were talking about trying to put her on a conservatorship, she was not like a teenager. But the same thing with Britney. Britney was not a teenager when this happened. This is not like a a a child actor who has gotten out of control. This was a grown ass adult. And that's right. that's fucking frightening. Like that. I don't know about you. But that scares me. You know, like, I mean, yeah, but somebody who I mean, even when Britney got into the conservatorship, 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 she was an adult. So like thinking about how quickly a celebrity can lose everything and not just like because of a mistake, but how quickly they can get everything just taken away from them. She got her life taken away from her. Because, and because of what? That's what I'm trying to figure out. She's a bad bitch. I'm just kidding. She's a bad bitch. That's the quote quote of the fucking podcast right there. (laughs) They knew they couldn't control Britney, so they had to stop her because she's a bad bitch. She's a bad bitch. And they were like, we can't have this. Everyone's got to bring down the bad bitch. Same with Courtney Love. She's a bad bitch. She might have killed somebody. We can get into that in another podcast, but... (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have feelings about that, as you know, so... (laughs) We'll definitely talk about that on another podcast. But, but hey, go, really quick, it. before we end, I would like to just mention that everybody that we're talking about are women, and that's fucked up, I think. So. Oh, no, 100%. Like, <laughs> we, we mentioned that Casey Kasem was part of a conservatorship, right. but that wasn't until he was well into his like 80s and 90s. And you don't see this happen to men. And I'm not saying that it needs to happen to men. I'm saying it just needs to not fucking happen to anybody. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, have your finances in order that's one thing but like i I didn't even mention it but like there's a it's a i wouldn't say a a pandemic because like that word has changed completely in the last two years (laughs) but like if you look at professional athletes by and large a lot of them make big money in their contracts and then end up broke because of things like lisa and jackie mentioned um these hangers on like these friends these family members who like right. oh i need help with this i need help with that they help them and then it ends up financially ruining them right so yeah it's it's a question of, of mental health it's a question of um financial literacy which i think that like in this country most of us are are lacking in so right maybe, maybe that's something we tackle down the road something else we explore i need it yeah. i need financial literacy yeah <laughs> I think, yeah, and, and I think that this pandemic has shown that everybody does, for sure. On that note, all of you out there who are listening, thank you very much for being part of our exploration, our journey into this world that we live in, because that's all we want to know. We just want to know why. We want to know why we're here. We want to know how things work and try to get a better grasp on all of these things. So we appreciate that you're joining us on this journey. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. We've got a ton of them. There's Mike Explorers. There's uh, all of the other GGR stuff. We've got At The Diner. We've got MC Brooks's show, uh, The Overflow, and so much more to come too as well. So for all of us here at The Great Geek Refuge, remember together there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. 
make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!